State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. After three weeks and more than 24 hours of deliberation, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty of all charges Friday. When the verdict was read, Rittenhouse collapsed, cried, and hugged his attorneys. Welcome to the final episode of Inside the Rittenhouse Trial podcast, a production of WGTD. So, Bob, what do you make of the verdict? Frankly, it it was somewhat of a surprising verdict. You know, as a um, student of democracy, uh, if we can call what I do that, um, this is a democracy of laws. It's clear from this verdict that basically the jury put themselves in the shoes of this 17-year-old kid who was apparently, they believed, uh, fearing for his life, that he was in over his head and he was alone and he was scared crazy. The jury apparently um, bought the concept of self-defense as a mitigating circumstance to guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Because without the self-defense argument, shooting these four people, if we can say in cold blood, is clearly a violation of the law. I, you know, I mean, the state had to have met its burden because what actually occurred was not challenged. What was challenge was whether or not he had a right to do this. An affirmative defense. I did this, but I'm not guilty. And the jury agreed with that. Jerry Nadler, the House Judiciary Committee chairman, said that he believes this case could be forwarded to the Department of Justice for federal charges against Mr. Rittenhouse. Your thoughts? Well, (laughs) I'm astounded, number one. Number two, I'm trying to think of what he could possibly infer from this. I mean, a civil rights um, uh, challenge, which is what's what happens in some of these cases where law enforcement officers have been exonerated on the state level, and then the federal government files civil rights violations against them. I think it's unlikely that one can look at this trial and uncover some sort of federal action to make up for whatever occurred. What message does this send to our community? What's your biggest fear 
for the city of Kenosha. That it's okay to walk around the streets with an AR-15 taking an opposite viewpoint of protesters, whether the protesters were doing things they shouldn't be doing or not. Are we now on notice that we better not light a trash can on fire? Does uh, overturning a trailer justify being shot at? What would happen if, as a peaceful protest, we placed maybe 10 black 17-year-olds with AR-15s around the courthouse to protest what happened? What do you think the reaction would be? My fear is that the polarization gets worse, that this tight community, which it once was, will take sides. It will cut into or severely destroy the fabric of the social order in Kenosha. Trial Podcast is a production of WGTD. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Troy McDonald, with analysis by attorney Bob Svishani. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.